and welcome back to Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast going to everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, the best club in Europe, the best club in the world for that matter. But we are a tiny bit biased. I'm your host, Brian and KC. You can find me on Twitter. That is at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter. That is at HEFPod. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash HEFPod for the latest news and information in the English language. Follow us on Instagram. Matt does a great job. Uh, and he'll be able to talk a little bit about what was going on in New York. But follow uh, us on Instagram. That is Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Drop us an email whenever you like. That's Hey Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com. And of course, follow us on Discord. That's Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. So, well, 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 we had a Pokal final again, thir- uh, third one in, what, six seasons? So, golly, we're starting to become uh, cup specialists when it comes to at least reaching the Pokal. But here to discuss uh, the goings-on of Eintracht in said Pokal final is the man in the north, not the Motor City, but up in cheese country. It is Jason in Wisconsin. Hey, oh, bud. Hey, What's happening? How you guys doing? You know what? Uh, living large, living in the south, far away from uh, any possible smoke from some Canadian uh, wildfire. So doing all good. <laughs> doing good, all good. good. And I made mention of him just a moment ago. It is Matt in the Big Apple. How are things in the city that doesn't sleep? <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm just coughing because of all the smoke here. But I'm good. No, I'm good. <laughs> Yeah, that uh, that smoke's already hit. Yeah, yikes. Um, <coughs> yeah. So, Matt, before we even get into the Eintracht versus Leipzig goings on, there was a huge, huge, huge watch party in New York City. Armin Kranz was there, along with a few other giveaways from the Eintracht. Tell us all about the New York City watch party at Legends Bar. I mean, yeah, shout out to Legend, shout out to Football Factory. I mean, just the setup itself was kind of awesome for them letting, you know, Frankfurt kind of doing all that. I mean, Tom, Tom, uh, Big Tom was definitely the braids behind, behind everything, along with like, you know, some other key, key uh, EFC New York people. And um, it was awesome. I mean, honestly, I it's crazy to see a viewing, like an official viewing party being set up outside of Germany because like, the, the only large gatherings I've had, you know, with Frankfurt were like, you know, for the, you know, Europa, outside of Germany, we're like, you know, for the Europa League uh, two seasons ago. And that's probably much, pretty much it, you know, because, you know, we weren't that big of a club yet. But I guess with social media exploding now and, you know, the po- endless possibilities of, you know, people being able to watch, you know, Frankfurt and, you know, all the people coming from Frankfurt to New York, you know, whether it's for business or they live here, but they love the game, you know, we ha- had an opportunity to all be together in one spot. And I mean, it was just awesome. I mean, it was all official, like DFB, Pokal, Leipzig versus Frankfurt, like had timing and everything like that. Like it was there for like over, like, I think 20, 20 to 24 hours may have all been up there for 48 um and you know you walk in right there you know i mean and tom are you know greeting you and it's just full of people i mean there were over 200 i think 230 people was the uh, official attendance list and then you know god knows how many Oof. more people actually 
showed up additionally to it. I mean, I had a couple of friends coming there. I mean, there were a couple other like uh, Man City and new, Man U fans still uh, lingering around. So I mean, it was pretty pretty awesome. Um, I mean, the, the replica of the Dave Papal call was pretty sweet to see there. Um, and I mean, it was it was awesome. I mean, it just couldn't have been more of, you know, it definitely felt like, you know, we were I was in Frankfurt for a good, you know, 90 minutes, you know. Um, and, you know, that's all I pretty much, I mean, not really asked for, but I mean, I didn't expect that. It was just, it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, shout out to ESC New York, shout out to Big Tom, shout out to Amin, Jackie, you know, all of the, all of the EFC New York people. It was yeah, it was good. Uh, you know, besides the game, you know, which I don't want to talk about, I'm not ready to talk about. It was awesome. It was really, really cool. And I mean, Opfeld Vine, who cannot, you know, take up on that. I had my uh, my buddy, my buddies like drink it and stuff like that because they've never had it before and they enjoyed it. I mean, it may have hurt them on on Sunday because we kept drinking afterwards and stuff like that. They kept mixing matching afterwards, but the Opfeld Vine, they were shout out to Postman as well for having it supplying us with kegs and kegs and kegs full yeah i saw on uh i saw on their uh instagram feed uh tom literally pulling cases of it and uh draw kegs and then pony kegs out and i'm like oh that's a party uh that's a party yeah uh, it was it was nuts <laughs> i mean there were frankfurt coasters everywhere i mean the place was puking of like frankfurt stuff every screen had only frankfurt uh you know, Frankfurt logos or Frankfurt Eintracht TV or anything like that. We did have Derek Ray on the uh, on the um, commentator. I thought we were going to have the Eintracht TV guys on there, but, you know, it was perfect with having Derek Ray up there. I mean, because who doesn't love Derek? Exactly. You know, uh, friends of the podcast, been on our show before. Lovely gentleman to talk to. Uh, speaking from personal experience, Jason, you also had a fun time at your own viewing party in Madison, Wisconsin. Tell me a little bit about that because it is uh, connected to the Eintracht as well. Yeah, so Forward Madison, which is the local USL League One team, um, have established an international partnership with Eintracht Frankfurt just a couple years ago. Um, And so uh, Forward Madison this past weekend had a viewing party um, inviting people into what's called the Forward Club. So sort of like they're basically the, the stadium bar um for people to come on in and it was good to meet uh some new eintracht fans um hoping that uh, next season we can kind of continue this and uh get you know some viewing parties just for some you know every other weekend or something for an eintracht frankfurt match you know downtown as a, as a good gathering place to watch some bundesliga mm. excellent because uh like i said uh that that link um uh, that I alluded to just there. It is something that we're hoping will equal a possible friendly down the road. Here's hoping that we will have a summer friendly to announce soon. And until that time, we'll just be cracking on with the day of April Cow as Eintracht took on Leipzig, uh, a Leipzig club that is actually in their fourth Pokal final in five seasons. So distinctly, uh, cup club you could say and uh, the winners of the 22 final end up being the winners of the 23 final how original as leipzig comes away with a 2-0 victory guys going over the stats that uh came in for this match um 
for the first 45 minutes, that was pretty level, uh, if I do say so. Each team with uh, kind of equal amount of opportunities going back and forth. It was a I could, you couldn't have asked for a better way for Eintracht to start. Uh, they were putting on the pressure. Uh, you had a couple moments where Goltze and Max were able to get some space to uh, put in uh, some good balls, but not exactly able to get not able to get any of them to even come too crazy close. Uh, around the corner, Milani was probably the mo- the closest of any of the Eintracht players during the first half. Um, Needless to say, the uh, when uh, in the seventy-first minute when the goal did go in, when you have a double deflection, now uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs are currently still going on; they're in the finals right now. You sometimes see the only way for a goal to happen on some of those great netminders for either team is if you get one, maybe even two deflections of the puck, two redirections to possibly be able to fool. Uh, the goaltenders because they are so dialed in that they won't let anything pass. And Kevin Trapp was totally dialed in, but the way that it just took an absolute like uh, nobody said you not Brian. He, crazy, crazy yeah. deflection and voila. It just never and happened. I, we, it, I felt like a needle went to a balloon and it popped and the team just kind of well, it's just like, uh, I agree with you because it wasn't like we, we were playing it. bad. It was like, you know, they get scored on such a lucky deflection goal, which is a strategic goal because strikers are trained to shoot through defenders for that exact scenario to happen. And it actually fucking worked against life against us. And, you know, at that point, I just felt like, you know what? It's just not. This is not our cup this year, you know. For some reason, it wasn't just because we played bad. Like we played pretty decent, you know, for how efficient we, uh, you know, the commentators say we were and how we are. You know, we weren't really efficient. I mean, just having two shots on target out of like I felt like we had ten was pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, it was that that but that goal kind of told me like, all right, universe already decided this. Like it's kind of written in the stars. Kicking the nuts, as I always say. <laughs> Jason, anything you want to add outside of uh, kick to the nether regions? No, I think, you know, you know, all the media outlets in Germany, you know, in the Frankfurt area especially, pointing out that substitution of Rhoda off, um, that, that was the turning point, you know. Um, but, I mean, he, he signaled for it. Like, he couldn't continue. Right. It's just it was just unfortunate that it had to happen, and then all of a sudden, with just in a cup what a couple minutes, it was there was the goal. Um, so yeah, that was just it was deflating. It was uh, it was demoralizing. Yeah, I, I I definitely like. I mean, I was kind of I understood why we started with Roda. I was shocked that we continued with him in the second half, just because like. I felt like we should have put in at least Junior, Dina, and Bempe to be able to run with um, Lalmar or um, Hidera or whatever, how, how you want to pronounce his name, because, I don't know, because Hoda's old, you know? He, I don't, like, he, he, he can't really play that many minutes. He's not like Hasebe. Oh, I guess he, playing the center back at center mid is completely different because you run way more miles as a center mid compared to a center back, which, you know, 
center backs can live a little bit longer in the professional sense, but I don't know. I felt like subbing in Lindstrom and not, you know, putting um, Junior, Dean, and Bippe in in there just to have some sort of control in the middle because ultimately the the deflection happened because of a counterattack. You know, like we were able to get out of it for a second, but we didn't, you know, and then that kind of happened. I I totally agree with you. Um, I was actually going to bring that up if if somebody else didn't, but yeah, why, why not bring on a Bimbe? I mean, eventually they brought him on, but in place of Buta. Right. You know, when you could have brought on Knauf for Buta or somebody else, you know, put a Bimbe back in there. Because I think a Bimbe earlier in the season played sort of in that, didn't he play alongside in that sen- in that central uh, position? I think he played right he back. his injury? I think he played right back for like a game or like half a game or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. I used him but yeah, ad, I, in ad hoc variety, I think. But be a good way but to say it. Either way, he's like such. He's like a young, solid midfielder that I'm so happy we signed like fully term because I think he's going to be solid, like a good, you know, with so if we end up keeping so during the summer because mm-hmm. I have a weird feeling he's going to sneaky get away from us this year. Um, it's I, I, I'm definitely excited about him, and I'm like kind of shook that Gloucester didn't use him too much, and I mean. A little bit fitting that Glasser did make the best substitutions in this game, just because that was kind of the trend of yeah. the of this of his uh, career with us. But like, I'm not going to bash him because the men gave us two finals in two years, and that's all we've asked for, you know. So that's all we could. That it's more than we asked for. I mean, it's the same as uh, Kovac brought us, and Kovac also brought us just as many trophies. Um, I'd like to look at. One item that kind of uh, came to mind is that uh, with kind of the going back to the substitutions, I felt that despite the fact that Kamada had, you know, you, you want to have a creative player against a Leipzig team. When Timo Werner was pulled and they put on Poulsen, I was kind of surprised that we, that that wasn't the time that we then put on a Bimbe because he would have, because that more puts a direct focus on Nkuku who did end up uh, getting the game winning goal. I was kind of surprised that we didn't try and counter that more in the immediacy. Um, Because I think that at that point I was thinking to myself, okay, like, you know, okay, 30 minutes, the way we've been playing so far, we keep on countering Leipzig where, however they play. We will see this match out, and we didn't. I don't think we honestly made the adjustments necessary. And you know, eventually, you know, the superstar of Leipzig, who is to leave Leipzig, thank God, uh, was the one who pulled it off. Do we think that defensively we could have reacted to this differently? Because I feel that there was. A lot less wanting. I don't think in the. I don't think it matters what you do defensively in the seventy-first minute when you score. You know, um, or when you get scored on because you know you have nineteen minutes or go add twenty-two because you know add the three minutes to it to you know get a, at least one goal in and like defensively you know there's it doesn't matter because. You want you need to get that goal in because I mean that's kind of how that second goal happened with Sabozai as well because we pushed so much you know so far ahead which we needed to so I don't think defensively to go against Poulsen which in itself is a stupid freaking statement to say I mean Leipzig is stacked up there and then even and Andre Silva was injured um, but 
I, yeah, I disagree. I think, I don't think we should have done anything defensively there. I mean, I wish we kind of kept Philip Mox in there a little bit more, but I do understand the Christopher Lund situation because Philip Mox wasn't, you know, putting balls into the, uh, the box, um, as many times as he should have or has, as he has been in the time. So, no, I, I, I don't know. That's why, I mean, that's why we did the Bore Haseba tra- um, substitution, right? <laughs> we couldn't, we can't go yeah. defensively at that point. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and it was just throwing it all in. Like, let's just go for it. I think um, one of the things with Max was just the fact that we knew that we would be, if we threw him on first, we would have the better player on for as long as he, we could. But I also knew that eventually Max was going to have to be brought off because, you know what, he's only just come back from injury. So, was not 100% fit, maybe 85%. So, it was only a matter of time that we put on Lentz. And honestly, once we put on Lentz, I've, I really thought, you know what? It's just ain't, doesn't look like it's going to be our day. That ended up being true. And yeah, I kind of wanted to see Paxton in there today uh, on Saturday, too. And I don't know why he didn't because, you know, he has been playing pretty well the past. Well, he didn't play in the last game of the season. But the two games before that, you know, he yeah. was pretty good. And I mean... We needed some sort of, yeah. you know, young sort of like often a uh, young sort of strike, and I don't know who we would have subbed off. Whether it was like oh, Tuta and just go all in, uh, I don't know. Kamada on his last game, I don't think Glasner would have done that. Um, I don't know, man. I wish we, could, I wish Paxton had a couple minutes in there to shine as well. Yeah, I. Yeah, I agree. Uh, would have made for better headlines, especially from a USMT uh, standpoint. But remember, guys, this team, Leipzig, was entering the match on a six-match win streak. Um, like, just to kind of rattle off who they had defeated, they defeated Freiburg twice and Bayern, like, in rapid succession. And in multiple games of theirs, they won by two or more goals. So this was a team that was going to be exceedingly hard to beat. And you know what? At the end of the day, um, they have, like you mentioned, Matt, uh, depth on the bench. And that's something that the Eintracht will just have to uh, get better at. And like I said, this is the last match for multiple players. Uh, Tour Day is not getting his contract extended. There's nothing to offer. Kamada has already said he's leaving. This is Glasner's last moment as well. Kudos to the Eintracht Frankfurt fans who were there because three different choreo showings. You had the flares uh, from the, you know, the Norvest Kuva uh, on display. And you also stayed the entire, like long after most other teams who have lost the final you stuck around for the team to come around and thank you there was not a seat there was not a person who had even left and it looked like a good 50,000 of the 73 ish thousand seats available were all taken up by Eintracht Frankfurt fans and uh you know what is that shocking we still, seventh, we still finished in seventh we still got your we still got a piece of Europe. It's just not the one. It's not the best tasting candy. Uh, if you like. We suck in the Bundesliga. But I mean, we also, like you said, we played a hot Leipzig team against us who had won what? Two 
Bundesliga games out of like 12 maybe. So like there's only a few things you can do. Yep. It looked, uh, yeah, on paper, it was just always going to be a tough one. But looking at what is in the future, uh, the DFP, Pokal would have given us Europa League. We finish in the conference lead because Wolfsburg doesn't know how to beat a Hertha Berlin team that's already relegated and, as of recording, still has yet to be accepted into the Zweite Liga. That's kind of hilarious because their, uh, their license is not 100% been submitted because <laughs> they don't have all their stuff ready. Uh, I still can't believe it. Do, uh, that's, that's, it baffles the mind, guys. It just absolutely baffles me that they have let themselves get to this point. Though I should probably backtrack a little bit in who Eintracht could face in the Europa Conference League. So, Facts about the Europa Conference League coming up. Uh, this being the third season of the uh, Europa Conference League. At time of recording, the second uh, season final is actually being played by our recent opponents in the uh, Europa League semifinals. West Ham is taking on uh, the Viola, uh, Fiorentina, who has got what a wonderful Serbian striker? Jovic. <laughs> Another other than Jovic. <laughs> and he's still, and it's the Jovic of old, not the Jovic of eighteen nineteen that is currently on display. Real Madrid. So, yep, exactly. Uh, as I mentioned, I would kind of go over some of the teams that we're gonna possibly face: Aston Villa, Premier League; Osasuna, uh, La Liga; Juventus, Serie A. Woof. Big one on that one. Lille from League 1. Uh, Azez Alkmaar from uh, the Netherlands, who actually was semi-finalist of this competition this season. Rapid Wien. That'd be nice for the team to only have a short short train ride down to Vienna from Frankfurt. That'd be nice. Possible visit uh, with Dinamo Kiev. Well, obviously, would not be traveling to Kiev for... Uh, Certain reasons, which we're going to keep away from those kind of politics. Just saying. Hajduk split. Uh, Partizan Belgrade from the former Yugoslavia. Vitoya Gimbares. Remember those guys who, tr- who threw seats at us uh, in our uh, Europa League group phase? I sure haven't. Nozzle. Nope. Uh, Pauk. I mean, it's a lot. Each uh, for people who know the Scottish game, each Edinburgh club, <laughs> uh, two of the three big three uh, from Turkey, from Istanbul, Fenerbahce. Remember those guys and uh, their naughty, naughty fans. And the other team we have them faced from there, uh, Besiktas. So who we'll also have the Eagle as <laughs> their logo. And uh, yeah, that kind of wraps up. Um, Yo, know, yeah. Uh, Legia Vosa, Lech Poznan from uh, Poland. I only heard you say Juventus, and that was pretty much it. That's all I care about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. I know. But the thing is, all these teams, people rec- will recognize the names and be like, huh, so not exactly a whole bunch of scrubs, needless to say. So, except when... Uh, are we going to possibly play any matches, you might ask? Um, so, 
Bundesliga will start uh, the second to last weekend of August, and that midweek is when leg one will begin. So we have one round to, of qualifying to go through before being qualified into the group stage. That being said, boys, I have talked enough about the Europa Conference League. Uh, it's time to wet our whistles with hashtag what are we drinking? What do you have for us today, Matt? I am keeping it simple and drinking a Coors Light because it's refreshing. It is chill. The mountains are blue. Don't know why that's, I was going to say it reminds me of summer because it's snow, it's supposed to be snow. So I'm going to retract that from my brain, but still say it out loud. But yeah, Coors Light. Oh, I'm pretty sure if you went up to Lake Placid, you might be able to find a little bit of snow left on the ground. Just saying, it gets cold up there, and it's cold a very, very long time. Uh, right, Jason, what do you got for us? I have a Lake Louis IPA. It's called Kiss the Lips. It's a nice, smooth IPA. <laughs> it's actually brewed locally here in Verona, so, um, right but it's, yeah, it's delicious. Alrighty, I am going with the Nectar of the Gods that uh, Matt haven't mentioned. I'm going with the Frankfurter Apfelwein, a boy, that the classic, and my own Eintracht uh, cup. So I'm enjoying this as we record this episode, and uh, Prost! And that's going to wrap it up for segment one. Be back, segment two, with a little bit of what news is going on with Eintracht and who's going to finish up the Bundesliga field. Stay with back and Frankfurt segment two gonna go through all these news and notes so it's uh, not been 100% made official signed on the dotted line yet but it's all but said and done that the Eintracht looks like they're gonna be spending half a million euros to bring in the former assistant to Julian Nagelsmann uh, from his stays at Leipzig and at Bayern it's Dino Topmuller um, he's going to be the uh, next Eintracht coach. And this is a guy who has, uh, had some, uh, some work in, uh, as a, a full-time manager. He just hasn't done it in a couple of years. He's only 42. So, uh, played with Eintracht in the 20, uh, 02-03 season. I don't honestly remember him. Uh, it was very hard in those days to be able to watch Eintracht uh, on TV, especially when you're not really in the Bundesliga a lot. Uh, he also played for kickers, so you know we can hold that against him or not, as the case may be. But this is a guy who's seen as one for the future, and uh, his dad was the former German uh, international Klaus Topmüller, who named his son Dino to Dino after Dino Zoft. That's about all I know about this guy. It's uh, interesting he, as hell yeah. that we're continuing on the uh, RB Leipzig-like 
network essentially with mm-hmm. Nago's mom assistant now being here Russia being there before I mean it's I don't know if RB Leipzig is trying to become like the city I mean they are trying to become the city group which is nowhere near to that yet but I mean their, their, their network of talent or up, upper tier talent is definitely widening and like I guess do we have to ask ourselves now you know people call Dortmund like the players like farm team for like Premier League teams and Bayern and stuff like that. Is Leipzig for like that for executives? Do they just have a really good soccer or football like business um, model that they follow? They've got a lot of guys who seem to be getting Bundesliga jobs. That's for darn sure because um, look at how many guys who've been either coach uh, of Leipzig have ended up becoming you know, a co- like, you know, a, even if you were an assistant coach here or there in the Red Bull system, we already, every single one of our coaches, every single one of our last coaches since uh, uh, Amon Vey, Amon Vey was the last non-Red uh, Bull connected coach. And that's saying a lot. That's a lot. Wow. <laughs> Everyone since... I mean, Matt, I think uh, a couple episodes back we touched on this and we were like, can we get someone who isn't? And eh, we weren't listened to, that's for sure. It's crazy because it's, it's clearly working. I mean, I mean, I, I know this guy was like an assistant, but like, or I don't even know if he was an assistant with Nagelsmann at Leipzig. You could have just been with, uh, with him um, at Bayern, but either way, like, the, the, like he he's he was just at Leipzig like what a year and a half ago before he got sacked for no fucking reason. I mean the mindset was still there, and so he's bringing that kind of into right. our mindset into our play as well. So it's it, it's very very interesting how this is kind of getting spread. Yeah. Anything you want to add on this, uh, Jason? I mean, we could have had Jesse Marsh. He's still unemployed, but he also Red Bull. Yeah, well, that's that's it, right? Well, I think what'll be interesting is to see if he brings the Red Bull system, you know, um, if, if he brings more of it, or if he's going to sort of make some adjustments um, to it. You know, I, I don't even wonder if he keeps sort of a similar system because you know, d- just the way the personnel have, depending on who leaves and who comes in over the summer, what our system will be under that. Um, but that Red Bull philosophy. Um, yeah, it's a it's an interesting little phenomenon they have going on there. I also don't. I also feel like it's a little icky that we're paying for a coach. I feel like that rarely goes well. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we paid what million for Adi Hotur? And look how that worked and out. He lied to our fucking faces. Well, I mean, seventh place with the semifinal in Europe. Uh, eighth place and then a fifth place finish in the league, all in the top half, which is not something where we had been used to at the time. Fair. His exit, absolute trash. But before he announced his exit, we were we were ready. For, we were ready for the Champions League. Absolutely ready for the Champions League. And who knows what would have happened then? But yeah, if we could have we made the Champions League goes. if we didn't have to play Mites in the last game of the season. Uh, or what not I'm not gonna blame yeah. the game on the minds I'm gonna blame the eight games that we fucking drew the whole time, but that was two years ago. My therapist told me to get over it. We're not rehashing this. 
Not right now, at least. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, needless to say, some of us are still a little butthurt on how that exit went down. And uh, yeah, so half a million euros to get a coach who were absolutely clueless on what the heck he's going to do. Um, if you want to look at something he has accomplished as a manager, so he was manager of a club in Luxembourg before he took over as assistant at Leipzig and was the first coach to ever lead uh, Luxembourg club into Europe, qualifying for the Europa League for two seasons running, which for a country that is at devoid of footballing talent, that's not so bad. But, you know. I didn't even know Luxembourg with, had a league. Uh, it's that bad. Wow. It's, I think, the of the. It's not like the smallest league. I think that might go to like Andorra. Uh, was it like yeah. streets of Luxembourg? Like it's like J Street versus <laughs> Madison Avenue? Like what? Yeah, they got a league, and yet Liechtenstein doesn't. All the Liechtenstein clubs, I, in case someone's wondering how the hell I know this, they all. They I'm not shocked that cup. you know this, by the way. I'm going to be hand well, up on there, that one. It's it, it, a European, uh, uh, it's a European footballing country that doesn't have an. The only one who doesn't have National League and the only way those clubs who all play in the Swiss system can qualify for Europe is via the Liechtenstein Cup. There you go. The one different league that's out there. So kind of stands out a little bit. Anywho, uh, yeah. So we're talking about the future. Uh, Ugo Lanson is going to be joining us from Malmo. Malmo is one of the top in teams in Sweden. This guy has been a starter since I think he's been, he was about 16. He's already passed uh, 50 appearances for Malmo, considering this is only his second season playing as a full-time professional for the club. This is one who's been tabled as one for the future, and a lot of big teams were tracking. I tracked happened to beat uh, them to the signature. I had not seen how much money he will pull. He's going to cost us, but I do think they're looking at so's possible exit as, hey, we need to find someone who's that next thing like next big thing, like so. Granted, I mean, so was playing in a little higher caliber league in the Swiss Super League. But uh, anyone have anything to say about uh, the new Swedish international midfielder of ours? Yeah, I mean, he's had a decent season so far. You know, the Alsvenskan League um, just started in April, so mm -hmm. there's only been 11 matches so far this season. But he's already got two goals and an assist. In fact, he just scored a goal yesterday. Um. And, uh, you know, Mammo played in the Europa League uh, earlier this year. Um, they didn't win uh, their matches. Right. It's, but, you know, he, he, was able, he has that experience, at least, of playing in, you know, Euro European soccer, European tournament. Um, so I think that's good. And he's only 18, right? So there's, I think he's, it's, it's a good signing. He's the biggest Swedish talent to hit the Bundesliga since that. Uh, gosh, I'm now blanking on the kid's name, but uh, you know Swedish uh, striker. Uh, no, not him. Uh, the Swedish striker who went to Alexander Dortmund Isaac to pan out. Isaac. Yeah. Isaac. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, he's the biggest uh, talent to come out of uh, Sweden since him, and that's been a good few seasons. I, I think it was like pre-COVID, so. 
we could have a really good player here. Now, is he going to be the next Zlatan? I don't think so. Uh, kudos to the way that he said farewell in Milan. That is one uh, ballsy uh, guy, needless to say. Anywho, um, I mean, yeah, look, I think that's to, to, see it, to see it, to see a, a Malmo chant, especially a big club who is you know, somewhat consistent in the Champions League and has their days here and there, to chant, have a chant for an 18-year-old is uh, definitely something to uh, be excited about as a Frankfurt fan, you know? I am a little worried that we're just going to ship him off and loan him out to other places, as we have done that with young players and we get excited about it, but... I don't think so. I think there's a lot of hype about this guy. I have yet to see any sort of video on it on him. I'm excited to do that uh, this summer and whatnot. And I guess it's not watch the Swedish league because I didn't know they played during the summer. Um, so yeah, well, that'd be the only time that they could play. Come on, man. <laughs> it's like I think I think it's Finland, Norway, and Sweden who play uh, their seasons that are akin to Major League Soccer in the spring to fall. Uh, Makes format, sense. Just due to weather. Makes sense. Yeah, they. Yeah, the Osvenskin ends in mid-November. Love that. Well, there we go. And uh, Some summer yeah, footy. I only know of a handful. I only know of a handful of clubs. Uh, Gothenburg won the UEFA Cup a long time ago, and Malmo made it to the uh, what is now the Champions League. Uh, but the European Cup final in 79. So that's it for kind of Swedish clubs who've been able to do so. And they're uh-huh. the one who does stuff on a regular basis. That's actually where Zlatan uh, got his start, uh, was at Malmo. So there you go, guys. Uh, that's more than uh, everyone else was expecting to hear about <laughs> in regards to <laughs> Swedish soccer. Uh, let's get back to the Bundesliga because we actually know all 18 teams that will be participating in the Bundesliga for 23-24. Um, Stuttgart kind of pounded Hamburg because Hamburg wanted to play, you know, an expensive style, and they realized eh, we ain't got the we can do this against everybody in this Vital Liga and get away with it, but you can't do that when you go up against a Bundesliga team, even one that's kind of looked a little tiresome as Stuttgart. So it's a shame that Stuttgart didn't get relegated because we would have picked off the, the good players off of that carcass like crazy. Granted, we would have probably had to fight on our hands to be able to do so, but I got a feel for Hamburg because 66 points from 34 matches is in a very impressive haul, and they still can't get promoted. Yikes. But, hey, you know what? Welcome, Heidenheim. Tiniest club that has ever – I mean, is Heidenheim smaller than Ingolstadt? I don't think so. I, I was going to say Lutentown is very, very small. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's that, – yeah, that's a go in the Premier League direction. But, uh, yeah, sorry. well, shit, that. Uh, stadium at Luton only seats like uh, 11,000, but Heidenheim's does seat 15. They meet the standards. We are going to see Darmstadt again, so, alright, little guy down on the road. We will kick the shit out of the Lüdigstreinen in their much nicer and non uh, eat, non like Cold War era looking stadium. Uh, they now, it Kind of just looks like a box uh, square stadium, four separate stands. And uh, yeah, they're all ready to go for 
the Erste Bundesliga. And uh, we'll be happy to take all six points from y'all. And then uh, if you happen to stay up, well, we'll take six points off of you the next season and the season after that until you get relegated. <laughs> you have a lot of hope for Darmstadt and Heidenheim. I mean, these are some small, small teams that I would be amazed if they stay up after one season. But I guess we can kind of save that kind of banter for next season. But we definitely got to mention mm-hmm. the one signing, freaking William Pacho, out of the uh, Antwerp and what they did over the weekend. I mean, uh, yes. that's awesome. Yeah, so uh, not since 19, I think it, I saw 66. 57, Jesus. Even further back. Like, these guys haven't won it in so... Uh, come on. Come on, Brian. Do better. <laughs> the team that we beat in the Europa League in uh, Antwerp was able to win themselves the uh, Belgian title. And if you think, like, how the other teams that are playing in Belgium that you would think would win it, you know, standard Liège, Anderlecht, uh, God, uh, Club Brugge, uh, who had Gank. won, I think, the last couple, and uh, Gank, Club Brugge, who made the Champions League knockout round for like the first time for a Belgian club, like, uh, maybe not ever, but extremely long amount of time. You wouldn't have thought Anthrop would be the one to come away with the title, and yet they did. So congratulations to those guys. And yes, we will take our player and uh, wave uh, goodbye to you because. I don't think if they have a bad run of it that we're going to see them in uh, Europe next season because I think they would have to get, like, uh, I think the Belgian champion uh, goes directly into the group phase. So they can't exactly drop down to our level. So, uh, oh, uh, kudos to, uh, speaking of Zweite Liga, kudos to uh, fellow Hessian club, Vien. Wiesbaden, who earned themselves promotion to uh, the Zweite Liga for this upcoming season Welcome by back. thrashing Bielefeld. And uh, yeah, uh, guys, I kind of feel for Bielefeld, but then again, how can we feel bad for someone who we're, doesn't exist? <laughs> that took that me a second. That never gets old. <laughs> oh, that took me a second. I mean, they, 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 they had a very historic free fall as well. Um, which is sad to say to see a club like that, you know. Mm-hmm. It 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 really. I I'm not gonna lie. It you look at it and you think to yourself, it's like, what did you do so badly that it sent you down two t- consecutive seasons? Like the last club I recall who did that was Paderborn, who. They got relegated from the Bundesliga, then got relegated to the Zweite Liga, then got relegated to the Dritte Liga, and they were only saved administratively from relegation to the Regional Liga because 1860 dropped two divisions because they didn't have the uh, finances for the license for the third division. Something Hertha needs to cough up, and they were saved, and then they went all the way up during the time that Croatia came to the club to play in the Bundesliga again. So, I mean, crazier things have happened, but I don't think Bielefeld is coming back anytime soon. No, I feel like I also remember Carl Zeiss Unit being one of those teams. I don't know if they actually made it to the Bundesliga, but they, like, went from, like, the second to the third, back to Regional, and then, or, yeah, and then just kept going down and down and down. Yeah, and, uh, like I said, 
feel a little bad for him, but hey, at the end of the day, yeah, don't screw up so bad. And we were at one point thinking about their sporting director to head up our club. So, bullet dodged, boys. Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, we'll just see what's going on uh, for next season. But something to look forward to for the Eintracht 2, the Eintracht U21s, as mentioned last time. They had a promotion from the Hessian Liga to the Regional Liga Sudwest for 23-24. And that league is all but got everyone confirmed for next season. Teams to look forward to. Stuttgart Kickers will be beating the Volkau. Steinbach Haiga. Kickers Offenbach. Scheiße Offenbach. Hessen Kassel. Another Hessian club that we can kick. Fulda. Hoffenheim 2. Yeah. Couple names that we've heard of. Uh, FS Val Frankfurt from that one season in the second division where we had a city derby. Yeah, I'm looking forward to what we send to uh, to the uh, to the regional Liga in terms of players that we might uh, some of our loanees. I mean, I'd like someone to be given an opportunity, but hey. Perhaps the original league could be a way for someone to rehabilitate their career, or are we thinking, nope, keep the kids down there for developmental sake. Yeah, you lost <laughs> me, honestly. <laughs> uh, when I get on a roll, I get on a roll, boys. But yeah. I'm looking at the iTrack 2 and thinking, uh, Nacho, why not give him a run out with the the top team? Uh, I mean, yeah, he, he pulled up trees in the Hessian Liga. I think he won the top goal scorer award. But I'd like him to possibly get a run out with the top team. And maybe if we want to send him out on loan to uh, the second division, this is Nacho Ferry. I mean, I'd like him to be given a chance. Maybe this uh, Albanian goalkeeper is supposed to be the next big thing. And goalkeepers, Simon Simoni, maybe he's sent down there. I don't know. I, I At this point, it's all 100% speculation considering we don't know what uh, the new manager will want to do. They'll probably want to keep everyone you know, in-house before sending them to the four corners of the world when it comes to loan spells. And we've seen how that turned out with a couple of what we thought were prospects. So, Yeah, eh. that's, our, that's the thing that hopefully we can get better on is our youth development and everything like that, you know, because... Remember Ali Akbar? Remember all the hype behind him? Exactly. Um, like, I mean, some of the guys who've had like good loans then is Antonio Fonti's been getting had was getting quite a lot at Hanover. He's got another year at Hanover. Uh, Ragnar Ache was doing good at first. I think he might be sold off to kind of fight the league level, which might be more of his likings. But Hauge Akman. Those guys were failures. And Gwene, God only knows what we saw in that. But then again, guy was basically hurt the whole time. Mantinovic was at St. Pauli, but his loan is now expiring. So, I don't know, guys. So, I don't know. The long summer. It is indeed. And we will be with you every step of the way as Eintracht get 
geared up for 23-24 season. Uh, the Davey Pokal draw will be held on the 18th of June, and we'll be uh, talking to you likely after that. Uh, about who Eintracht has in that, and hopefully we'll have some more news on what signings are available. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Hey Eintracht Frankfurt, episode 273. Great having with Matt and Jason on the pond. Jason, where can we find you in the social media landscape of the world? Uh, on Twitter at Jason L. Canole. There we go. And Matt, where can we find you on the social media landscape of the world? You can find me at KS, uh, KCSGE on the Twitter side of things, <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram at KSS, KCSGE. And uh, yeah, you can find all my stuff right there. <laughs> uh, clowns, we are here at Hey Eintracht Frankfurt. Ways to get in contact with the show that is at HEFPod on Twitter, Facebook.com slash HEFPod. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt on Instagram. Hey, Eintracht Frankfurt at gmail.com is our email. And, of course, halfpod.com. We'll be getting all the articles starting to pop up there for ahead of the 23-24 season. Exciting stuff we're going to be rolling out for you guys, including uh, our competition for Touchspiel that will be for the 23-24 season. And, uh, yeah, so in the meantime, take care, everybody. Stay safe and choose. If you happen to stay up, well, we'll take six points off of you the next season and the season after that until you get relegated. Hey,